This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. As I'm reading The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin, I'm going to continue to do narratives on this um, as I go through it. I'm struck by James Baldwin's struggles with his own spirituality, with his own God. And this past week, I got, as I mentioned, a chance to talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has not vigilantly been an atheist, but pretty much is an atheist, a scientist, an astrophysicist who can argue most things, but cannot tell me what was the catalyst to the Big Bang. I'd like everyone listening to my voice to close your eyes. Close your eyes. If you believe in God, what does God look like? What does God look like? The struggles that Baldwin was having as his dad literally tried to beat Jesus into him as the streets tried to beat it out of him. His relationship with Malcolm X and, and Elijah Muhammad and the nation of Islam showing him a different way, but yet still not quite finding his way. He talks a lot in this book about the white Christian God and the black Allah, the God of the Muslim Allah is black. You know, and as I'm reading it, you know, I'm not at all wavering. I am 100 um, percent in line with God. I'm 100 percent a faithful servant of God. But I think to be a Christian or to be a follower of Christ or to be a person of faith requires requires you to pursue. Iron sharpens iron. That's scripture, but faith is not faith unless it's tested. And I'm not saying you're testing God. I'm saying hold it up under the light. Think about it, you know, waver some, come back to it, read some things, challenge yourself. And this is what I'm doing as I'm peeling apart this beautiful masterpiece, The Fire Next Time, the fire next time James Baldwin. And I'm going to read some of it because, you know, as he's struggling through it, he's putting it on paper with some elegant words, and he's one of the most brilliant writers of our time. He says, priests and nuns and school teachers helped to protect and sanctify the power that was so ruthlessly being used by people who were indeed seeking a city, but not one in the heavens and one to be made very definitely by captive hands. And he's talking about the system of slavery. There were ships that were christened and prayed over, and one even named Jesus that in the bowels of the ship held people in bondage in unthinkable, inhumane conditions that could not be farther from God. Yet in the name of God, through the Crusades and other, uh, I mean, the Ku Klux Klan, the Nazis considered themselves followers, right? So you, in the name of Christ, in the name of God, some unthinkable acts have been done by man. And that has, in many ways, painted the religion, um, you know, in a way that makes it easy for black people in particular to say, no, we could never be that. The, to follow that religion is to follow the religion of our oppressors, the, the, of our enslavers, who would do that? What kind of insane person would do that? For me, it's easy to separate 
the the religion from the person, you know, to know the history, to know that Christianity was literally fused with paganism uh, by the Roman Empire so that they could control this new burgeoning religion and control every tenant of it and control the people. So they made it easy for the winter solstice uh, pagan celebration to become Christmas. And they made it easy for the summer solstice to become Easter. <laughs> they made it easy for all of these holidays that we now celebrate uh, religiously to be fused into something that was never, ever, ever about anything spiritual outside of uh, this kind of pagan thing. But, but it was a political move, right? But you have to be able to have enough wherewithal to study that to say, hey, I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I often talk about chewing up the meat and spitting out the bones, and I say this about religion as well. We can go through this Bible chapter and verse from beginning to end from Genesis to Revelations and find contradictions from chapter to chapter. But that doesn't make it bad. That doesn't make it uh, a book that should be dismissed. That just means you have to do a little bit more work with yourself to get in line with what it is that you believe. And that's really the journey, right? Not to disparage anybody else's belief and not to say anybody else is stupid for what they believe or to say that they're misguided for what they believe, but to find your belief. Close your eyes. What does God look like? Baldwin goes on to write, the Christian church itself, again, as distinguished from some of its ministers, sanctified and rejoiced in the conquest of the flag and encouraged if it did not formulate the belief that conquest with the resulting relative well-being of the Western populations was proof of the favor of God. So we have these United States and others around the globe celebrating its victorious stance, its victorious position, and saying it was ordained by God to be in that position. God had come a long way from the desert. But Baldwin writes, but then so had Allah though in a very different direction. God going north and rising on the wings of power had become white, and Allah out of power and on the dark side of heaven had become for all practical purposes anyway black. Thus in the realm of morals, the role of Christianity has been at best ambivalent, even leaving out the account of the remarkable arrogance that assumed that the ways and morals of others were inferior to those of Christians. And we've seen this, you know, that dark continent, those pagans worshiping many gods, that was the mark on Africans, even though the first Christian was an African. The very first Christian was an African. Eden was in Africa. All of the things that we read about in the Bible, the Nile, et cetera, et cetera. The, uh, the Egyptians, uh, the, the Hebrews came out of where? Egypt. Where did Jesus go to study before we found him again? Uh, Egypt. Yes. Yeah, so like you can't separate yourself as a black person from this, this notion of Christ. But to really understand it requires a lot of study and a lot of supplication and, and prayer and prayer for discernment and understanding. You know, I, I um, started this journey with this podcast last January and I was going to do a podcast every Sunday and my goal was to do something different than what I did on the radio. 
Um, I wanted to actually have a really deep dive into religion and talk to people about God, and I've done many of those. I've talked to everyone from Pastor Sories to to Lori Favors to Momentum Advisors, one of the most interesting preachers' kid, and uh, someone that worked with Creflo Dollar, Tiffany <laughs> Tiffany Hawkins. Very very compelling interviews, Stephanie Humphrey, um, and and I really got to talk to some people about the things that they believe and how they arrived at it, but. This this podcast has evolved and it's going to continue to, but I wanted to come back to my original um, thought with this today. So, you know, the purpose is as I'm reading Baldwin, I'm so um, grateful that, you know, um, that I'm at a place where I can discover something, you know, that I can open my mind to to take in something new. Um, this is something I should have read probably in college, but I don't think as a college student I would have been as aware of what he was actually saying. And I think that's important too. I think a lot of us read things when we're not prepared or ready to receive the message. And that's okay. We all learn at different paces and, and in different ways. Um, and spiritually, I think that goes the same. And I think there should be less judgment about what people have I'm, I'm on YouTube now. And I'm seeing so many people comment about, you know, how dumb people are for being Christians and you people don't know where the original Israelites and all. Yeah, all of that can be true. And then what? What do you do with that knowledge? And how does it make you a better person? You know, I love when Toni Morrison says that. Are you, are you any better? <laughs> are you good? What's good about you? And all of this pontificating, what's good about you? I'm going to finish it with a, a passage uh, from The Fire Next Time. Ba James Baldwin writes, If the concept of God has any validity or any use, it can only be to make us larger, freer, and more loving. If God cannot do this, then it's time we got rid of him. I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and I thank you for joining me in this podcast. I appreciate the support. Please share this with as many people as you know. I'm, I'm asking you to share it with 10 people who aren't familiar with, with Karen Hunter or the podcast or the show. Um, and let's let's spread this and let's start the conversation with people. You know, let's not be afraid to talk about these things in love. I'm going to repeat this last passage. If the concept of God has any validity or any use, it can only be to make us larger, freer and more loving. If God cannot do this, then it's time we got rid of him. I'm going to continue this journey um, in the next couple of podcasts. I'm going to talk about power as it relates to some of the things that James Baldwin was writing after his visit with the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad. All right. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter at Karen Hunter hashtag podcast so I can search for your comments till next time.